and uh, that God would bless them and keep them and help them. And uh, just a fantastic, I can tell, response with regards to the whole Alton Castle and getting young people there. It's great. Eric's just whispered to me, 13 minutes, uh, because Phil last week was 13 minutes in total of his time, so I don't want the stop clock going now. This is my preamble, okay? I'm allowed a little bit of preamble, um, or a lot of preamble as the case may be. Um, But just to say that Phil is, is in Uganda at the moment, um, he's out there for two and a bit weeks. We prayed for him last week. He's going to be teaching and ministering in a number of different contexts. And uh, let's continue to hold him in our prayers. Amen? That God would be with him and help him. Let's God deliver him from Dickie's stomachs and all the rest of it that I guess you can get um, when you're in difficult foreign places. The other thing to say that uh, thanks to Lynn Meadowcroft and the team. Uh, Lynn, thank you. Very, stand to your feet, if you will. You can't miss Lynn. She's really tall. There she is. Lynn, thank you for organising this morning and yesterday's fun day. Really appreciate it. Let's show our appreciation to Lynn and the team. Did a grand job. All those bacon cobs and sausage cobs. Unfortunately, now I'm not allowed bacon. Seriously, because it just gives me serious indigestion. Acid here. So it's the worst thing in the world now. So when I saw and smelt that bacon, oh, I just love it. But anyway, there we go. It is old age creeping up, Eric. You're absolutely right. Uh, But I've got a number of years to catch up to you yet, Eric. So uh, anyway. (laughs) It's all right. There's always some friendly banter that goes on. Just to say tonight, we'll obviously, we're continuing in Mansfield. People keep asking us, is it every week? Yes, it's every week we're meeting at the uh, Field Mill, uh, Mansfield Town Football Ground. They lost yesterday, uh, but I'm sure we're going to have a win tonight. And uh, the last couple of weeks have been great. I'm aware it's just early days. But please, if you've committed yourself as part of the team, let's, you know, keep going. Uh, Third weekend this week, let's really trust God and believe God. What's been terrific, more than the numbers, and the numbers have been fantastic, has been the atmosphere in the place. It's just been a great sense of God amongst us. Uh, Excitement. Uh, and the other thing that I've been really thrilled by is there's been people who have been coming from Mansfield. Half the people every time have been Mansfield-based. So let's keep trusting the Lord with this work. Who knows what God has for us in all the different contexts contexts that God is and will open up to us. Amen? If you have a Bible, please turn with me to Joshua and chapter 1. Joshua and chapter 1, you'll be aware, those who have been around the life of the church... Uh, Over the summer, I undertook a bit of a study with regard to looking at the life of Joshua again. And and I I shared a a few thoughts uh, during the summer whilst I was at Mansfield. And um, I just really wanted to share some things in the life of the church here today. So Joshua in chapter 1, let's begin at verse 1. And let's get straight to it if I've only got 13 minutes. Okay, after the death of Moses... The servant of the Lord. The Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses, your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, or the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, 
so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. I love Joshua. I love the book of Joshua. I particularly like the opening three chapters of Joshua in particular. But Joshua 1, we see a man who is entering a new season. We see a people that are entering a new season. And uh, last week at Mansfield, Phil preached a message entitled, Happy New Year. And everybody was looking, thinking, what on earth is he on about? But he'd received a letter, that the, the opening remarks were, Greetings Phil, Happy New Year. And it was written in the context of school year, because of course this is a new year. And we've, you've heard us say over the last few weeks, that we actually believe that very often in church life, we run not necessarily with the calendar year, but all, almost with the school year. And there are new seasons, there are people here who have gone to a new school. You've gone from junior to middle, or from middle to senior, or from senior to sixth form. Or some of you have left sixth form and gone on to work, or university, or whatever it may be. For me and my wife, it's been a very new season, because with the children that we have, our Lilia, our youngest, the feisty one out of all four of them, you have to believe me, she's gone on to school for full-time school, which has been a big deal. I understand the same with Rachel Gregory as well, with Ruby going on to school. And it may be that you, you have now children, no more children at home during the day. And you may say, well, what's the big deal about that? Well, it is a big deal if you've had children at home with you for the last 12 years. I understand there are many people here who have already done that years ahead. But for us, it's a new season that we are entering into. Joshua was entering a new season, a new year that he was entering into. And I really believe before, before the Lord that I actually believe that for us here in Arena Church, there's a sense in which we're entering into something that's greater than we've been in previously. There's something new that we're just entering into, walking into by God's grace, very humbly, very, you know, rightly, just before the Lord, walking into. But there is a newness of us moving into something new. I think it's the first time, you know, I may be stand corrected, that we've actually gone and taken over a church properly and repurposed that church. That is new for us. And so there is a sense of newness. And out of that, I begin to look at the life of Joshua. What things did he need to understand? What things did he need to learn as he was entering into this newness? What did the people need to understand? How were they to get ready? Because you, you heard God's command to Joshua was, get these people, what? Ready. Get them ready. Ready for what? Ready to advance. Ready, ready to go into the new season that God has for them. And I believe that God has a new season for us. So what things do we need to learn if we are to get ourselves ready. Well, the first thing that we need to notice from this book and, and, and from these verses that I've just read is this. You see, there was a declaration there to state the absolute obvious in verse 2. Moses, my servant, is now what? Dead. He's now dead. So the first thing that Joshua needed to really 
get himself ready in and the people ready was that yesterday has gone. Amen? Yesterday has gone. You might, might at this point breathe a huge sigh of relief that yesterday, thankfully, it's gone. But for some people, yesterday was awesome. You may think, well, I don't want to let go of yesterday. I'm sorry. If you're going to move on into all that God has for you, you've got to let go of yesterday. Or all you're going to do is just keep clinging on to yesterday and time will keep carrying on. Do you know that? It just keeps carrying on. And there are people here who cling on to yesterday, whatever that yesterday is, good or bad, and they're just clinging on and things are going by them. Keep Life just keeps on carrying by them. And then they wonder why they're looking on ahead and people are f- fully advanced and they're still there because they're clinging on to yesterday. Joshua needed to let go of yesterday. You see, there is a new day and there is a new way. That's quite clever, isn't it? New day, new way. There is a new day and there is a new way. What we've got to discern is the new day and the new way that God is wanting to work. And Joshua needed to understand that for himself. Because the interesting thing is, Joshua wasn't Moses. You know that. Joshua wasn't Moses. I'll have to come on to that in a moment. But there was a new day and there was a new way. And the other interesting thing to note about this, as I look at it, that God is not a sentimental God. If you think God is a God of sentiment, I'm sorry, read the scriptures. Let's read it again, shall we? Moses, my servant. And then what does he say to him? Now you, be strong and courageous. God's moved on. God's moved on. And we get all mushy and sentimental and nice and cuddly and God is not a God of sentiment. God announced there that this is a new day, that yesterday has gone. And if we are going to enter into all that God has for us, and I want you to personalize it for yourself, what do you need to let go of for you to move into your destiny? What things are holding you back? What people are holding you back? What situations are holding you back? What mindsets are holding you back? Are you hearing me this morning? Because if you allow those things to keep a hold of you, you will not enter into your destiny. If we want to get ourselves ready to take and advance and prosper and increase on a personal level, we've got to let go of our yesterdays. I said to my wife, I know she won't mind me saying this, because Caroline's heart has always been for children. I think you know that scene. She's very quiet completely different personality to me and that's what makes it work our marriage work and she's just all that she ever in her heart was just to be a mom so this has been a very very interesting thing that she's had to enter into and I just happened to say to her I said well Caroline all that's happening is it's a new season there's a new chapter that's about to be written in our lives you see I'm not about to just live on a very practical, personal level there, I'm not camping there. I'm seeing what God, God, what have you got for us now? As our children get older, what adventures, more adventures can we now get up to? What things have you got for us? 
Where are you wanting to lead us? Where are you wanting to take us? I'm committed to not staying in my yesterday. So on a personal level, and certainly on a church level, yesterday has gone. But what else do I read about that? Well, that statement, Moses, my servant, is dead. I actually believe that God was saying to Joshua, and if he was going to get himself ready, be yourself. Well, Christian, how do you get be yourself out of that? Well, you've got to understand this. In Deuteronomy 34, just flick back a page. You'll read, you know, that basically God buries Moses and then says about Moses that he was just so strong. His eyes hadn't gone. He's still as strong at 120. He was full of vigor. There's never been anybody like him. There's never been any, any miracles like it. There's never going to be anybody like him again. I mean, that's the recommendation. And Joshua understood all this. Well, how does Joshua feel now? How am I going to follow in the footsteps of this Moses? He's awesome. God said himself, there's nobody like him. There's nobody ever going to be like him. Well, I'm going to follow that. But God's encouragement to Joshua, if he was going to get himself ready, was be yourself. Be yourself. You see, Moses is dead. You're not Moses. Don't try to be. Don't act like him. Just be yourself. Here's a lesson. I wonder how many of us are actually free to be ourselves. I wonder how many people in this room are actually free to be ourselves. We just feel absolutely liberated to be who we are and what we are. Because I come across a lot of people, and it's a journey that we have to go to, and it's a personal journey that I've had to go to, is actually finding out who I am. Who am I? What does God say about me? Not trying to be like somebody else, just being myself. If I'm going to become all that God wants me to become, if I'm going to fulfill all that God has for me, I better start learning to be myself. Yes? That means to say that I'm not fearful of any man. I'm not worried what other people say about me or think about me. I'm just free to be myself. We need to be free to be ourselves. I want to encourage you in the church to be who God has called you to be. That means to say there are some likes and there are some dislikes. There are some things that excite you and there are some things that disappoint you. And that is what makes church so wonderful and so diverse. Because how is it that you can have people who are from this course of life mixing with people of this course of life and yet it works? How can you have a team where there's people with serious academics, there's people who've been all over the world, there's people who've just stayed at home, and yet it works. It's just called church. But it only works as we be ourselves. If we're going to get ourselves ready, we better make sure that we're ourselves. And I'd love to say more about this, how to be helped to be yourself, but it's clear that Joshua needed to be himself. What else do we see about him getting, getting himself ready? Well, the words that come through one, two, three, four times in verse 6, 7, 9, and 18. You'll have to read them for yourself, but it says there, As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And then what does he say? Be strong. Be strong and courageous. And then in verse 7, be strong and very courageous. This tells me that this Joshua, because he wasn't a young guy by this time, 
This tells me that Joshua suffered with all kinds of stuff. Like you and like me. You all think that I walk around thinking that, oh, I'm God's man of power for the hour. Oh, nothing phases me. Oh, I'm full of strength, full of confidence, full of courage. I don't think I'd take Hank on, actually. But anyway, I'll walk away from... But I'll take Julia. I know. But, if you think that I live like that, you're deluded. You're deceived. I don't live like that. I, don't, I just don't. Sometimes my heart is faint. I'm weak. I'm troubled. I'm nervous. I'm fearful. All those emotions that you feel, I feel. I probably just disguise them better. It's not that I'm faking it. But I just work through them. Talking about Mansfield, the guys know. I was seriously pumped up that week leading up to it. I honestly thought nobody would come. Genuinely. I thought nobody would come. I felt like the enemy was just on my shoulder all week. All week. He wasn't, just felt, he was on my shoulder all flipping weak. And it was just nag, nag, nag. Trying to grind my spirit down. Trying to grind me to a pulp. And it's not my imagination. The devil is a very real being. And he was just at it all the time. And I believe that Joshua, it was a bloke like us blokes. He had the same feelings like you men and women have. And that is why God spoke to him, be strong and courageous. Be strong and very courageous. The story about that with me with Mansfield is I just held on to God. Just trusted God. And thanks be to God, there were some people that turned out on that Sunday night. And we did all come together. I was thinking the media weren't going to work. The PA system wouldn't work. You know, here's another thing. I even thought, I bet what if Mansfield Town had forgot? Driving, I didn't even tell Karen, driving there, I thought, what if they forgot? I haven't even got a telephone number to get hold of anybody. What if they just don't open up for us? Open air, absolutely, Harry. But all these kinds of things. But God's encouragement to us is to be strong and courageous. Am I speaking to anybody here today who sometimes feels like that? Just feels weak and just... It's not a sin to feel weak. It's not a, it's, it's not a sin to just sometimes your heart's not in faith. But at those points, what we have to do is run to God. Run to God, run to His Word. Strengthen ourselves. Find strength in the Lord, our God. If we're going to take people on to where they need to go. If God is wanting, if God is going to take us into our destiny, we better make sure that we leave yesterday. We need to be ourselves. And we need to be strong and courageous. I want to finish by saying this. One of the things that's very, very important to understand from Joshua in chapter 1 is this. On three occasions, it brings reference to the presence of God. So I'm saving the best till last. Because in verse 5, just read it with me if you've got your Bible. In verse 5, it says, No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. 
Okay, verse 9. It says there, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And then verse 17. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will fully obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Why have I saved this till the last? This particular point undergirds everything. All I've got to say on this is God's presence is all we need. God's presence is all we need. Joshua was secure in the fact that God's presence was with him. There may be people who are going to say all kinds of crazy stuff about you, to you, about you. They can say all the, all the want, but if the presence of God is with you, that's all you need. And why we covet the presence of God more than anything else is because we understand its potential and its power. That is why we worship the way that we do. That is why we praise the way that we do. That is why we're encouraged by the guys to lift our hands and worship God. Because we're just saying, God, we want your presence. We covet your presence. We value your presence more than anything else. If we have the presence of God, then we have nothing to fear. And we have nothing to worry about. Do you want to know why Joshua could be strong and courageous? Because the presence of God was with him. I'm sure it's in Exodus 33, and I will finish with this. Joshua understood the presence because of God. Moses used to go to the tent of meeting. That was the place where he went and met with God. And it says in Exodus 33 that his young aide, Joshua, used to go with him. And when the people saw Moses go to the tent of meeting, they used to come out of their tent and stand up as he approached the tent of meeting. And they knew that he was meeting with God face to face. And Joshua was there with him. But then he makes this statement. And as, as Moses left, Joshua, his young aide, stayed. Joshua, his young aide, stayed. He stayed in the presence of God. If we are going to see for ourselves and for the church to get ready. We must make sure that this principle undergirds all the other three. And that is we covet the presence of God. We value the presence of God. When the presence of God is there, miracles will happen. When the presence of God is there, salvation will take place. When the presence of God is there, demons will flee. When the presence of God is there, words Directive words will be spoken. Where the presence of God is, people come. People will be attracted. The church will grow. Where the presence of God is, all these things begin to happen. And where does the presence of God start? It starts with you and God spending quality time together. Because what's in here will be carried into here. Are you hearing me? What you receive here will be brought into here. What is in here will be carried into your workplace. So Alpha becomes a bit easier because you've already been carrying the presence of God. The people haven't understood it, but when the invitation comes through, they think, I want what they've got. I'm encouraging you to get yourself ready but to be people who love the presence of God. I wonder if we bow our heads.